Welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Fatherhood and Parents at Work. And here at the virtual recording desk for the first time in our podcasting history are the three co-founders of the-father-hood.com. I'm Jeremy, and with us here today is Luke and Andrew. Hello, fellas. How are you traveling? Hey, Jez. Hey, Luke. Hey, guys. How are you going? <laughs> Good. It's Look, it's, a, it's the year of no mates. It's the year of not being in a room with your colleagues. It's just the strangest year. Yeah. <laughs> But that's actually a perfect segue for for today's conversation, really, isn't it? Because it is. Uh, <laughs> because we're here to, take, to talk today about the the social isolation that often hits any new dad. Because I don't know about you guys, but um, for me, like having kids, it just it to- totally decimated my social circle. I mean, after I had kids, I was more time poor than ever before, and my life narrowed down to just kind of work and family for a while, with no room for anything else. It's like the blur. We talk about it. You get into this kind of fog where you're just existing. You know, you kind of get work, you know, you get out of work if you possibly can, try and keep the that a lot that part of your life alive and then just exist and, and try and keep this human going and, and, and um and support your family. So it's tough. Um but chuck chuck a pandemic on top of it and um <laughs> have some chaos with your chaos, sir. <laughs> Look, my heart definitely in twenty twenty has gone out to you know, to new to dads that are you know new dads, because you think about that first year of of transition from not being a dad to being a dad, and just how much help you needed, how ma- how many beers at the pub you needed, you know, to how many chats with your your dad or your your, your parents, your close friends. It's just I can't even imagine. My heart just goes out to dads that have had to get through this year by themselves, because we're already pretty bad at connecting with other blokes, other men as dads, but certainly. In a year like this, I just I can't even comprehend. How would you do it? Zoom calls can, can only imagine? get you so far. <laughs> That's exactly right. Can you imagine? So yeah, just basically no connection other than with your primary family. Um, so yeah, today we talked to a guy called Tom Docking, who many years ago saw this issue amongst new dads and um, this social isolation, and decided to take it on. So the topic is, Dad, you're not a man island. Uh, so really looking to say, look, how do we better connect fathers to share these experiences, learn from each other and support each other through this huge time, hugely shifting time in your life? And so Tom started an organization called Dad's Group, um, rolled the sleeves up and said, look, how do we get better at getting dads connected physically um, and has had a few years at it and uh, a really interesting chat with Tom. Um, so maybe we'll, um, we'll go to the interview and come back and have a chat afterwards. Thanks, Tom, for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, Jeremy. Thank you very much. Exciting to be here. Good to chat to you about men's social connection and why it's so important. Because we know being a dad, like being a mum, can be really tough at times and it can impact mental health. And social connection has been shown to really help that. Um, Now, why do you think this idea of connecting with others helps humans so much? Well, I guess, Jeremy, like in my experience, I've um, lived in a number of different cultures and I grew up in an Aboriginal community and I watched and participated in, you know, times where men got together and they learned things from each other, from the elders, etc. And I've seen that happen in different types of cultures, living in Italy for a while and watching how the old men interact with the young men there um, and then in our own culture. And um, I guess... I've seen uh, some small minority cultures seem to do that really well 
and other cultures don't seem to do that really well. And I think we need to be able to help each other in a way that doesn't really feel or look like help. Uh, it just needs to feel normal. Yeah, so we, we need to share, talk, open up, um, and all, all you know, within the realms of what we feel comfortable with. And we don't often always feel comfortable in a medical environment, but we often do feel comfortable just sharing um, when we're shooting the breeze together. For sure. And so that sharing, opening up, storytelling and just hearing other people's perspectives, in your own experience personally or through Dad's group, how have you seen that help different people and um, uh, in particularly in the context of being fathers? Yeah, I mean, with Dad's group, we've got new fathers connecting with other new fathers with their babies. And it's a really, really unique environment. It's something that we haven't traditionally seen anywhere in our culture in, in Australia. And it's something that we've been able to uh, research over the last five years and identify that when that happens, when we catalyze a, a group of new fathers together with their babies, they, um, they something quite magical happens. Um, everyone is there and they kind of acknowledge each other's role as father, fathers above anything else. So they're their image or their identity is is kind of founded on that shared experience of fatherhood. So when we're in that space, uh, which you know we run every every Saturday, and it sounds kind of amazing, but at the same time it's very normal. We just meet at a cafe and grab a coffee and push our prams over to a park and, and you know hold on to our little you know bundles of joy that are slowly growing and um, you know often crying and pooing nappies and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> But in that space, we've just got this kind of humorous acknowledgement of, you know, as we always joke, no sleep, no money, no sex. You know, that's something that's a life transition for a new father, or at least it feels like that. So it might not be 100% accurate 100% of the time, but it certainly feels like those key elements of a, of a man's life are changing. And, and it's something that we don't always feel comfortable talking about maybe with our partners or, or in a medical space with nurses or, or midwives, etc. But it's also, it doesn't mean it's not valid. And so I think um, being able to share this information with each other, but also listen to someone else is a real, um, dare I say, restoring or healing process for some guys who have actually, you know, some of us have gone through traumatic birth experiences that we had no idea, you know, what was behind the doors of a birthing suite. And for, yeah. for whatever reason, we just weren't prepared for that. Yep. And, um, you know, for one person, a, a traumatic outcome, you know, and I've seen this in Dad's group, a traumatic birth for some person has been someone that someone else described as, um, you know, it was a really beautiful experience. And I'm, I can't believe that no one told me how, how beautiful the birth experience was. And someone else said, I can't believe no one told me how traumatic the birth experience was. So there's two different guys saying, talking about a very similar birth as, you know, poles apart. And um, to be able to, you know, just chat about that or, or just see that other guys have gone through that is, is amazing. It's an amazing thing. For sure. I mean, I'm the lucky dad of three kids, just like you are. And, yeah. Have, having been through the birth process, I mean, what an amazing process that is. We could talk all day about that for sure. Or we could, um, could not. Let's <laughs> block it out. Yeah. Good memory. Um, I do know, having been through that process, my uh, wife, you know, she she was connected to other mums and, and made friends through that process through mothers' groups. And mm. you saw that dads weren't being connected in the same way and did an amazing thing. Got off your backside to go and do something about it in starting dad's group. 
was there what inspired you what was the moment was there something that hit you where you thought i'm gonna go and do something about this yeah thanks jeremy um i think for me what i did was probably something that many have done before before me and just realized there's nothing for dads and they've gone out there and made dads groups and um i guess the the where we've been uh successful is being able to create something that's kind of more scalable but i'll get into that a bit later the 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 main thing you know that you asked about was around what inspired me and and i think you know reflecting back on those cross-cultural experiences and then i met up with some other um, mates of mine who just had babies before i had uh, my first evelyn my first daughter evelyn and i just felt so comfortable hanging out with them and learning from them not not in a kind of teacher student way but just in a peer-to-peer way which is really different because yeah. it allows me to kind of shoot off a question it allows me to you know maybe let's just say i've got one question i really don't want anyone to know that i want to ask and there's only really one time in a conversation where i feel comfortable to ask that so i leave that question in the back of my mind and then we get to a point where you know i just quietly ask one of those guys and, and all of a sudden all this anxiety is just drops off my shoulders because of been able to ask that question it's funny because it's it's in verbalizing that question um and listening to someone's response that i actually you know get that burden off my shoulders that i didn't realize i was carrying so i guess that was the experience for me i caught up with these guys with their little babies i watched them interact with them i kind of got excited but also you know nervous that am i going to be able to do this but they showed me that this is the new normal and you know like you know billions of, of dads have gone before us doing this you'll just be another dad just doing that and that's um whilst that's um miraculous and amazing it's also just really normal so there's, there's not too much to to worry about you're going to do the best you can do um and yeah for me i just realized i can do better when i'm hanging out with other mates uh and, and sharing that experience i, I really can I, I just um um, I'm not a, you know, I don't didn't read 20 books on fathering before becoming a father, um, but I did speak to, you know, probably more than 20, probably closer to 200 people in some way, shape or form. And that's how we've found that men actually glean information from that. So that's a really great way of, of setting dads up to succeed is um, getting them in touch with each other in, in a way that's not weird, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and Support and information. Yeah, when you need like it. exactly, exactly. Because we know it's when they need it. Because they, because we, we ask questions when we when we need support. Um, and the problem with what we've traditionally seen is, you know, health institutions, often you know, maternity related health institutions, creating resources for dads. It's just like, well, you might have printed four million copies of them, and they might be in every maternal child health in the country. But are the dads actually reading them? And are they getting that rich content that's, you know, been really well put together inside? Are they actually getting that into their brains and then into their um, behaviours? Or is it just great contents gathering dust? And we tend to think there's a lot more content gathering dust than there is actually connecting in with new new fathers. And so our mission has been to get that content to the dads um, by virtue of empowering and teaching leaders in the community, you know, male fatherhood dads group leaders, and then helping them share some of that information just through um, catalyzing community spaces that are safe for dads to come with their babies. And, you know, 
to be honest, it's the mums that love it just as much because, you know, they're pushing the dads out there. They, they often know that the fathers aren't coping really well in those first few weeks or months. Um, and there's nothing for them but dads groups being able to be a place where, yeah, the, everyone's sharing, you know, not in a really kind of cry my shoulder way, but just in a normal way, like how, the, how their week was or whether they've got yeah, work yeah. or whether they don't have work. And, you know, I've seen countless numbers of dads who – have found a new job or, you know, part-time work through the community that have developed in a time when, you know, their identity's been rocked and they've got no no income or something like that. And, and other dads who have, you know, just been so isolated um, that they've, they've had no one to talk to and then they've come down to dad's group and, you know, one of the dad's group guys drives like 45 minutes every week to catch up with our dad. So it just demonstrates that there is real yearning for connection yeah. And that's really, you know, we all have that, which is good and healthy, uh, but there hasn't been any spaces. So. Yeah. So on that, like in, in the time that you've been leading this kind of movement of connecting dads, is there any particular moment or story that stands out to you in, in, in when you've been talking with dads either directly or through the groups? We had one one of our guys who's, you know, since become a really close mate, he's um from another country um, and he had a little little baby, heard about dad's group, came along. For whatever reason, his relationship wasn't working out and, and that was a really difficult time for him. And I remember the time when he, he called me up and he said, Tom, is it all right if I, I come to dad's group? I haven't got my, my daughter with me. And I said, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's dad's group. We're, we're here. We're, we're the boys. We're here for you. You know, Come and hang out with us. And he just... From that time, I just realised um, that this is actually real. You know, not everyone is a super connector when it comes to social connections. Not, not yeah, everyone, yeah. you know, makes the effort. They actually need to be invited, and, and a lot of guys, you know, don't feel comfortable about doing that. But when, yeah, when he came along and and without his his, um, you know, I, I jokingly said, "Sorry, right, mate, I've got a couple of kids. You can have one of mine." Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, it's all, all a joke, but at the same time, he felt that sense of belonging connection. And then, you know, it's almost two years later, um, you know, I've, I've, my wife and I were really moved to be invited to his wedding with, um, you know, he's found a, a new partner and together that family is growing up really in, in a safe and loving community and environment. And, and he's, wow. you know, leading a community of dads up where he lives now. So it's just really special to, to know that, um, that made a huge impact on him. And also, yeah. um, I guess the, the flip side of that is imagine where he'd be. He could be just another one of those statistics um, that we see in the papers all the time around, you know, isolation, family violence or suicide. And, and that, yeah, yeah. that could have been the thing that, that stopped um, him in his moment of despair, isolation, anxiety and depression and, and you know, self-doubt doing something that, he, you know, would regret. For sure. Get that wolf pack kind of around him to pick him up. It's <laughs> yeah. not when he most needs it. We've all had those moments in our lives when, you know, and just, yeah. wow. That's a really powerful story. Um, so dads that are listening out there now, how can they get involved? How can they start a dads group, mate? What, what can they do? Where do they go to get this thing going in their local community? Yeah, look, um, there's two different things that we're focusing on. One is um, funded dads groups, which is through a council, um, and and uh, the other thing is um, just dads who want to start their own dads group. So we're always, as an organisation, we're trying to help dads make their own communities of new fathers, and um, it doesn't have to be 
associated with us. We don't want to brand or own the dad's group. We just want to make it happen. And there are some benefits if you, you know, call it a, a, a dad's group, dad's group, so to speak, that people just know in your community, you know, they can look up the website and say, okay, so that's what it is about. It's it's respectful to women. It's not, you know, it's not a men's rights group. It's it's respectful to families and support, you know, supporting new new fathers and, and mothers effectively. So, um, yeah, they can jump on the you know dadsgroup.org website and, and check out what we're about. But then you can just start your local chapter of, of Dad's Group. And we've got, you know, we just started just calling things um, the Dad's Of and then a certain suburb. And that was not something that we, you know, we came up with. Someone someone else had done that. And so we thought, well, why don't we try and help others have their, you know, local Dad's groups in their suburbs. So, and then, you know, what does it actually look like? You reach out to us. Uh, I think we've started three just this week. You start the dads of, you know, Footscray or, you know, Fitzroy or, yeah. you know, whoever, Buckingham. Um, and, um, yeah, you, we start the kind of Facebook group with you and and then you get get out there and just tell a few mates and you share it with the local council MCH. Now, that's, that's kind of a volunteer-based, unfunded dads group. And generally speaking, our, our research shows that they're, don't last, you know, for more than a couple of years, um, whereas a funded dads group has organisations like hospitals and councils funding that group and that has a lot longer sustainability. And obviously sustainability is really important for community groups because people move on, they move into state, et cetera. So, you know, as an organisation, we try and help local dads groups apply for a local government grant. And, and often, you know, they've been successful in doing that and been successful in getting a, bit, a, a few um, few thousand dollars to be able to, you know, pay for family barbecues and pay for the coffees they have, which has been a great simple model um, for local dads to, to engage with and, and execute. But, yeah, to answer your question, uh, you can jump on the website and request to start a dad's group um, or connect with us on, on Facebook. And yeah. Um, just, yeah, I mean, the main thing about dad's group is, is actually – um, connecting with one other guy, <laughs> we find that people try and people try and have this grandiose idea about having, you know, 400 members in their dad's group. It's actually not that important. You just need one other bloke to go and have a coffee with, because that's yeah, where yeah. the real great, you know, connection happens. That's where you share your, your story sharing and your your feeling of belonging comes is having one other bloke you actually bond with. So, yeah, I just really we always recommend don't run your first dad's group event by publicly saying anyone want to come down to the to the cafe or the park run it by by catching up with someone you know will come there and meet you and yep. you know that's your first dad's group event and um, it's kind of that snowball thing isn't it find, exactly. find a dad do it and then um exactly and it'll happen there. organically yeah exactly yeah awesome now one closer mate one final question looking forward compared to dads of the past what do you see as kind of what the future of fatherhood what does it hold in your eyes yeah, look, I think um, something just to plug your book on the fatherhood, you guys asked me a while back um, on, you know, what is going on here. And what we're seeing is that new dads now are seeing the opportunity um, for fatherhood as an opportunity and not as a, not just as a responsibility, uh, which is really exciting because we're, we're wanting or I'm wanting to really invite dads to stop, think and go, wow, this is my opportunity to shape a child's life and possibly the biggest impact of my life will be on how this child um you know lives their life and this is a child who will give me more forgiveness and more trust than any other human in the world and uh, that's an opportunity to respect so 
yeah, going back to the question, I think we've been enlightened or ours are opening to the opportunity that fatherhood is and rather than just going, ha, 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 I never changed a nappy, um, to I'm really connected to my child actually and, I'm, and I, I love that aspect of that and I, and I will, you know, reap the benefits of that through my relationship with, with my child, you know, all the way through the rest of my life and I'm being intentional about that. That is what I see the future of fatherhood in this country and beyond. And and the way that we're wanting to catalyse that is, um, you know, fun events like Man with a Pram, getting the dads all out on Father's Day nationally and, and you know, joining a, joining a walk and pushing a pram or, you know, carrying your baby on your front or whatever and, and just celebrating that fatherhood is actually um, a really, really exciting opportunity. It's not just a responsibility. And I don't want to take away from how hard it is. I'm pretty sure it's harder than any army boot camp in any or any training like that in the world <laughs> because it's constant and it hasn't never has an end. But I, uh, um, I really think that fatherhood is is the biggest challenge you'll ever have. Um, but it's also the biggest opportunity you'll ever have. So um, you can you can take it either way. It's either going to be a challenge for the rest of your life or it's going to be an opportunity that you invest in and you make the most of it. So that's the future of, I hope, the future of fatherhood for, for our country. Awesome, mate, yeah. What an opportunity we've got to bring these humans up and shape lives and and step forward, mate. But thank you. Thanks so much for your time on the podcast. And any dads out there, really encourage you to get going with one of these dads groups in your community. Um, we all benefit from the time spent together. So, Tom, yeah, thanks again for your insights and your time. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremy. All right, guys, that, that was obviously a great chat, Jez. And we're going to unpack it now. But I have just been inspired with a, a hip-hop anthem. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> No sleep, no money, no sex. <laughs> that that really, whoa, that resonated. Whew. Did that just happen? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's it's interesting though because he mentions those those things and about how how you know when you become a dad, that is your new normal: no sleep, no 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 money, no sex. And uh, I like the way he's hardly kind of- an ad campaign for fatherhood. <laughs> <laughs> It is. If, if it keeps it real, like because that's the thing. Like we're going to go into this now in detail. So I'm just going to dive straight in. Is that that's how men relate to each other? It's like make each other laugh. You know, let's be real. Let's not let's not BS each other about this experience. If someone had said to me, "Hey, um, come and join the dads group. This is our mantra. This is our T-shirt." I'm I'm just so in for that. That's mm. how men. That is how we do. I, I really, I felt you know like punching the air at that. As as sad and and desperate as that. Uh, as that anthem is, it's uh, that's dad life. Yeah, certainly in what, the first couple of years. And once you signed up for it, there's no turning back. So you got you're in that scenario. And if someone talks to you about it, um, yeah, you're straight away. You you know they're talking your language because we all experience it. What hit you guys? That that was the phrase. You know, no, definitely. I mean, he's definitely right that fatherhood does make you immediately become accidentally celibate. But I mean, I think as well. I think it's kind of. He's he's so on the money, and it's such a logical thing he's put forward. And the idea of there've been mothers' groups for so long. Why aren't there? Why aren't there these things existing for dads? Because you know, I certainly I certainly didn't see my mates for a while after I became a dad. You know, those nights out with with mates they became a rarity that had to be had to be sort of negotiated so far in advance. You know, those weekly beers they'd become something that would happen maybe only every few months, if that. And I reckon just guys are much worse at, at dealing with that i mean i think my wife um motherhood had an even greater disruptive impact on her life but socially 
she handled it so much better because she was used to just kind of getting on the phone each night, having a chat with her sister, having a chat with her her mates. Whereas I don't know, as guys, we just don't tend to relate in that way so much. Yeah, I feel like I've got to make a confession, fellas. And that is if someone said to me, uh, Jeremy, you uh, can you just organise a dad's group? I'd retract immediately. You know, you're kind of in absolute fear of the concept of like put sticking my neck out. Do I really want to do that? Are we going to be able to talk to each other? Is it going to be awkward? There's just something innate that I think we have fear around it. And what I really loved about what Tom was saying is you don't have to tackle this massive undertaking. It's find a mate and catch up for a coffee. That's it. You're done. And let it sort of grow organically from there. Because I think, I don't know, when I was listening to him say that, I thought, that's what we do. You know, I can do that. Um, Mm. It doesn't need to be this huge thing, which I think we do for whatever reason, tend to shy away from a little bit, um, which gets us in this kind of isolated space. I think to that point, Tom Docking is a very advanced human being. Let's be honest. Because, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spill some beans on our, and our good friend Luke Benedictus in just a few seconds. But until oh, then, <laughs> Tom, Tom Docking did what every dad probably thought, hey, I should do that. I should probably reach out for... I should probably re- not not reach out for help, but I should probably start putting some feelers out for some dads that might give me a bit of an idea about what I'm heading into, might give me an idea about how to handle the blur, all of the things that we, I'm sure if I said put a hand up, we'd all put a hand up and say we thought those things. But Tom mm-hmm. then took that thought and and made it real. He then he spoke to, he said he spoke to hundreds of dads, 200 dads before he had his first child because he wanted to get that sense of and look we've all had conversations before having our kids but I just think from there he then turned that idea and turned that um that support network into something real and something grassroots and something that's that's really evolved into an impressive organization you know he's got hundreds thousands of dads in his groups and doing his man with the pram walk so Tom hats off to you and now I'm going to spill the beans on Luke and when Luke had (laughs) had his child recently and and moved to Blair Gary down on the glorious Mornington Peninsula where I also reside. Uh, Tom reached out to Luke and said, hey, Luke, you should start a dad's group. And, and how did that go? How's your dad's group going, Luke? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't start one. I've got, I've got it. I'm really, I'm really sorry. And, and, I, and, I, and But I think it's interesting the fact that why, why didn't I start one? Because I'd just moved, I'd moved interstate. I knew hardly anyone around here and it would have been, you know, I'm sort of flailing around trying to deal with a two-year-old and a, and a, and a, and a, and a baby. Um, but somehow I, why didn't I do it? I asked myself that. I think partly it was because to be honest, I was struggling to find time to actually catch up with my, my existing friends. So I thought, you know, what, why create these new networks, you know, that you're then going to, um, you know, not, not, um, you know, p- pay attention to as well. But I mean, yeah, look again, as you say, Andrew, I think it just again shows that, um, Tom is a highly, a much more advanced, uh, human being than I am. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to jump to the Benedictus defence here. And so I reckon what happened is you did what I was talking about, immediately retract from the idea, but you started a dad's group when we started the fatherhood. This is this is our dad's group. Every one of our weekly catch-ups, the first half hour is debriefing our lives. And that's what I really love, to come back to the point about what Tom's saying, is you don't have to create this artificial dad's group. For anyone listening, find a mate or two and catch up every week or so and you're, you're away, um, which, yeah, I find that really empowering. So I reckon you did, Luke, and you're in it right now. We just happen to be recording the chat. Wow, I feel like a tennis ball being like, sort of knocked, <laughs> in, knocked in between. 
this is the thing that, and the, the word that jumped out to go back to Tom that really fascinated me in that in that interview, Jez, was when he talked about catalyzing and how when men come together on the common ground of fatherhood, that something kind of magical and chemical happens between those dads and they catalyze and the relationship then changes, the dialogue changes, and there's no longer any obstacles about relating to each other as dads because that's how you came together. So I think that was that really stuck out to me because it is true that you'll sit down with the dad at the park and when you're, when you're watching your kids fall off play equipment at the same time, you're kind of bonded because you clearly got that in common, as in the inherent danger our children are to themselves all the time. Um, <laughs> but I think that, you know, that, that catalyzing effect of coming together and identifying with each other as dads, I just found myself licking my lips going, man, if I could go back in time and, and have that more of that experience when I was really, really isolated in the early days, that, that would have been a nice thing to have. For sure. He talks about the cultural references. We're hardwired for this over time, over you know, back in history and also other countries around the world. We're hardwired for this connection and this sharing and this a village brings up a child kind of mentality. And for whatever reason, it feels a bit like we've lost it through technology and having our own homes and all of these things. So it's like this, um, this thing that we're all craving um, but maybe not getting or it sounds like we're certainly not getting to the degree that we we could. So he d- Tom is definitely the utopian vision of the, the mo- of the future father, isn't he? In that sense, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. Many of us we do we become dads, and we just kind of we do end up accidentally or not just sort of socially retreating, don't we? And it kind of becomes yeah. like catching up with your mates when you've got so much on your plate. Sometimes it can feel like a bit of a almost like a bit of a self indulgence. But I mean, mm. I guess what I got from Tom is that actually catching up with other dads catching up with other mates you know it's 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 going to be good for your for your headspace um and it's probably going to make you make you you know a better dad and a maybe even a better partner too so um yeah it's basically it's justification to to catch up with your mates for a beer yep sounds like you're justifying a trip to the pub that's what i'm taking out of that (laughs) we're on it's it's for his wife he's just such a good husband (laughs) he's just just selfless yeah selfless you just yeah uh, I'm in. I'll, I'll see you there, Luke. I'll see you there. Awesome. <laughs> sounds like sounds great. I'm in. All right, fellas. That wraps up another podcast brought to you by the Fatherhood and Parents at Work. Please, uh, fellas out there, please join us at the Hood by putting your email address in at the-father-hood.com. Looking forward to catching up for some social connection with you, Luke and Andrew. Thanks again. Good chatting, but let's do it in person next time. Man hugs all round, fellas. Thank you for listening to another great podcast proudly brought to you by Parents at Work. We hope you feel inspired and you've got some fresh practical ideas to help you with your work-life balance. If you like what you've heard, please share it with others and subscribe to the Parents at Work podcast page. And remember, if you need extra support or would like to send us your feedback, please email info at parentsatwork.com.au. 